Hello. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition, or Twin Sisters. Yes. With your host, Arianne Smith. And Tiffany Hales. Now, you may be wondering why you are having the pleasure of hearing the Twim Sisters twice in the month of September, because if you are a longtime listener or just a new listener, you might have noticed that Ariane and I podcasted two weeks ago, and we usually only podcast once a month. And two weeks ago when we podcasted, I had teased that I was going to come on for this week's podcast, and I was going to do a Taffy edition, mm-hmm. also known as Tiffany and Friends for You with my friend David Larson, who is a sports fanatic, and we were going to have an episode that featured a lot of sports-related It's going to be sports-themed. Stories. Yes. yes, sports themes. Well, what we could not predict was the <laughs> magnitude of the Tim Ballard story and the accompanying snowball that just keeps gaining momentum as it rolls down the mountain. It's been a week. It's been a week. And when I, to be perfectly fair, I would not be able to do the Tim Ballard story justice or do the sports story justice if I recorded them in the same podcast because there was just so much. Somebody would end up shortchanged. So David and I did record our episode. We recorded it last night. I think it's going to be a great episode. It's actually not going to drop until next week, which generally we don't like to do. We like gener- midweek, right? Midweek. But that's fun. That means we get two episodes this Exactly. Week. Yeah. Exactly. And, and generally we like to drop them right after we record them. But David was leaving today to go out of town. So recording next week was impossible. So you will get your sports episode. It'll be just a little bit delayed. And so I was able to convince Ariane to come on with me tonight so that we can address the Tim Ballard story. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to uh, pick up some some other stories. We've got a few news stories to discuss. And then, oh my gosh, the Mormons behaving badly. Y'all have been on a roll lately. It goes in clusters. <laughs> Seriously. We got, some, we got some updates in Mormons behaving badly tonight. Yes. So, so all week, Tiffany's texting me, oh my gosh, there's another story. Did you see this? Oh my gosh, there's another story. <laughs> like seriously, Tim Ballard dropped stories every single day this week. And I walked in here tonight and I was like, if I read one more story about Tim Ballard, my head is going to explode. So let's record this dang thing and be done with it. Exactly. <laughs> Although I, I have a feeling that we're probably not going to be done with it, but maybe at least we set some framework and some groundwork and kind of maybe sort through literally everything that's come yeah. down in the I last mean, seven days. There was a lot. And I will say that's one thing we really tried to do. We, we knew we were going to talk about it and we knew there was enough information that we really had to dive in deep on it. So we really did try to trace things back to the very beginning, break it down to how did this all start? Exactly. So Tiffany was like, we're going to need a flow chart. And she is in full, let me tell you folks, she's in full-blown attorney mode over here. She has a legal pad. I got a legal pad. She she has notes and like highlights and she is, she has like, she's done some serious research. I know. Ariane was like, oh, you're going lawyerly like, on this you're tonight. You're in full-blown attorney mode. I really am. About ready to present the facts. It's it's very true. <laughs> and, and honestly, there's been so much stuff flying back and forth this week on social media Fact, fiction, and everything in between. It's hard to sort through the facts. Exactly. Because everybody's got an opinion and they're all getting like thrown in there. And so I wanted to 
try and be as fair and accurate with this story as I possibly could and maybe help to uh, synthesize some of what's gone on and yes get some because I do think perspective it's, I do think it's confusing yes. especially when there's a new headline every day I think exactly there's a tendency to just be like oh I, I don't get it. Yeah. There's too much. There's too much. Too much. I'm going to bury my head in the sand and go watch some Real Housewives. <laughs> Speaking of which, I hear the Real Housewives of Salt Lake this season is really heating up. I haven't watched it. Yes. Have you been watching it at all? Uh, I'm not completely caught up, I guess. You know, oh. you know, I cannot resist a Real Housewife show, even if it's Salt Lake City and even if it makes me cringe. Well, you know, I have it on the Peacock, so I think I may have to, I haven't watched it in several years, but I think I may have to catch yeah. up because I, I hear I hear this season is pretty good. I'll tell you what the funniest thing about that show is that there's two girls on it that have both left the church. Okay. And they tend to have fights about who left the church properly. Oh gosh. And that fascinates me. One of them removed her name from the list. Uh -huh. The other did not. And so they tend to kind of go at it and like, well, you didn't even remove your name. You're not like, like one feels like she did it appropriately. And the other feels like she did it appropriately. And it is the most fascinating housewives fight. Also, I fear about what the outsiders think. Yes. I'm like, oh gosh, what do they think of this? Yes. I understand this terminology and this framework, but your regular person is probably like, what in the world? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yes, yeah, so sorry to digress on that tangent, but it just <laughs> seemed appropriate. A little bit of housewives. Okay. Now we'll get back to the Ballards. Now we'll get back to the Ballards. So before we get into the specifics of the news stories and what came out this week, I feel like some background information is in order because to really understand the context of what happened in the last seven days, I think you really need to understand the background here. So as many of you are probably aware, Tim Ballard founded an organization called Operation Underground Railroad. The mission of that organization was to stop sex trafficking. And that organization has been around for a number of years. I think 2013 is about yeah, when that's it was when I think it's so we're we're mm -hmm. talking 10 years or so. Yeah. And there have been people who have called into question the tactics that uh, Operation Underground Railroad, or R, as it is commonly referred to in its acronym, have used. And we're not we're not going to really delve in tonight as to their tactics and what's good and what's bad and this and that and whatnot. That's been happening for years. That's, that's been that's, that's been happening for years. Not a new thing. Anyway. But as a result of these tactics and some of the um, negative publicity that he received associated with that, there were some complaints that were lodged against, um, specifically against Operation Underground Railroad, probably against him too. In any event, those complaints resulted in an investigation taking place in Utah. Okay. Like official through the state investigation. Yes. So this investigation that took place into the complaints related to Operation Underground Railroad and Tim Ballard was assigned to a gentleman by the name of Troy Rawlings, and he is the Davis County District Attorney. And I went to his website because mm -hmm. I wanted to know a little bit more about him. He is a, and I would consider him to be uh, a, 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 
very conservative politician. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of stuff on his website that was, you know, no COVID mandates, no COVID restrictions, no masking, things like that. So I don't think anybody is asserting that Mr. Rawlings is a, a woke liberal out to get Mr. Ballard. Right. So anyway, this investigation was also done in conjunction with the FBI. So the way that these investigations work, and let me just explain this. I was a prosecuting attorney for eight years, and so I have a pretty good understanding of how these investigations work. What happens is you get some complaints, you start talking to, you know, the original people that complained, mm -hmm. you start gathering some evidence. If you think that there may be some merit to what you are hearing, you issue what is called an investigative subpoena. And you issue that to the organization that you are investigating. So I am presuming that there was some sort of an uh, investigative subpoena that was issued to Operation Underground Railroad that said, turn over your financials, turn over these records, turn over videos. Just they, they generally are very broad and request a lot of documentation. So all of that documentation then comes in to the FBI and the Davis County investigator who works for Mr. Rawlings. And these are police officers who their job is to sort through everything they have received. So they sort through all of the material they've received. They determine based on what they sort through, hey, who do we need to contact? Who do we need to interview? And then they begin conducting interviews with people. The other thing that they will do is as they are reviewing audios, as they are reviewing videos, the investigators will take notes with regards to the audios and videos that they are reviewing that came in pursuant to this subpoena. So after they talk to everybody and review everything that came in, then they present it to the district attorney who then decides based on what was uncovered in the investigation, is there enough? Was a crime committed? Mm -hmm. And is there enough evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a crime was committed? Well, this investigation took two and a half years. It was closed out on March 28th of 2023. And at that point in time, it was determined that there were no criminal charges that were going to be filed. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that there was not questionable or unethical behavior, but nothing that happened that rose to the level of criminal charges. Right. So once an investigation is closed, all of those records associated with the investigation then become a public record. Anybody can go make a public records request and receive all of the documentation associated with that particular investigation. And that is exactly what Vice News did. So Vice News broke the series of stories about Tim Ballard for the last seven days. And I want to talk about Vice News for a minute because there's a lot of chatter. They are a tabloid. They are a liberal rag. They're out to get him. Vice News is a liberal-leaning media, but it is no different than Fox. It is no different than Breitbart. It is no different than Newsmax that are conservative-leaning medias. They are the same thing. They just take different slants on stories. So if you're going to call Vice News a tabloid, then you really got to call Breitbart a tabloid because they both do the same thing. Right. They just take different slants. They're reporting facts. Yes. But they have a slant. They have a slant. And both of these news organizations, whether you're talking Fox or Newsmax or Vice News, 
have to check their facts. They can't just make up stuff. If they report stuff, they have to have some reasonable belief that what they're reporting has some scintilla of truth to it. Otherwise, they will end up in a defamation lawsuit. And if you need an example of a defamation lawsuit, Fox recently settled one with Dominion Voting because they made some false statements about Dominion Voting and their machines. But we're not going to go there. So the point <laughs> is, there is fact checking involved. There is fact checking involved. This is not willy nilly. Exactly. So they did a public records request, um, Vice News. They received all of the records pursuant to their public records request. And this is how a story works. Again, I was a communications major before I went to law school. So I understand how journalism and how this reporting works. So what happens is, is they review all of the documentation that they get. They form a story outline. They identify parties that they would like to speak to. Some parties they need to speak to to obtain verification. Some parties they don't. It just depends on the nature of what's in the investigator's notes that they received. Mm -hmm. And so then they speak with people and then they begin writing their story. Now, when they reach out to parties, parties can choose to speak to them or parties can say, no, I'm, I'm not going to speak to you. They, they're under no obligation to speak with Vice News. Mm. So the first news story breaks a week ago today on September 15th. And this was a news story, again, on Vice News, where uh, it is, according to Vice News, and again, I want to make clear. Vice News's reporting was based on statements that individuals who were associates of Tim Ballard made to the FBI and made to the Davis County investigator. That is where they these statements came from. They they didn't come from from people out. I mean, I don't know if the if you know these are I, I don't know what Tim Ballard's relationship is with the people who who spoke to the FBI and the um, Davis County investigator, but these were people who had association with Tim Ballard. These weren't outside people trying to influence anything. Mm -hmm. So some of the claims in that first article were. Uh, again, according to people who reported this to the FBI, is that, um, let's see, first of all, there were lots of claims that Tim Ballard used Elder M. Russell Ballard's name in his business dealings, mm -hmm. and that he had said that he had represented that Elder Ballard was a partner in a pro, pro, for-profit business called Slave Stealers. Um, he he viewed a lot of this as um, we're going to try and get converts to the church. Uh, it said that um, Tim Ballard claimed that Elder Ballard was involved in Liberty 89, a business in Utah whose registered agent is Tim Ballard. Um, he claimed to his, Tim Ballard claimed to his associates to have visions and special intelligences of the second coming and um, that he wanted to restore America to the covenant. Um, he would say that M. Russell Ballard was a part of Liberty 89. There were also things in there about um, his use of psychics for these missions and jumps. And that um, what he wanted to do is Tim Ballard told his, this again is being reported by Tim Ballard's associates to the FBI. Uh, 
that Tim Ballard would say, it's my job to use the sizzle of the rescue to lead people back to the Mormon covenant. And that um, he believed that it was his job to be this famous kind of celebrity that gets everyone's attention, but then turns and, and leads them to Mormonism. So after Vice News collects all of these statements out of the investigators' notes, Vice News then contacts the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and says, look, we have all this stuff here. Would you, we're writing an article, would you like to comment? Again, a very common journalistic practice. You are writing a story on a subject, you reach out to that subject, you let that subject comment. Mm -hmm. They reached out to the church a couple of weeks passed, and then they received a statement from the church. And they were just about as surprised as anybody else that the church <laughs> responded. And the church's statement was pretty powerful. Uh, the church, and I'm just going to summarize it, basically said that Elder Ballard no longer has a relationship with Tim Ballard, that he had traded in on his friendship, that they had found, um, oh, I want to find the exact words here, uh, that... Um, once it became clear that Tim Ballard had betrayed their friendship through unauthorized use of President Ballard's name for Tim Ballard's personal advantage and activity regarded as morally unacceptable, President Ballard withdrew his association. So it was a pretty stunning public rebuke that I think shocked a lot of people. I think people were a bit struck. Like, they oh were. my goodness, <laughs> this, this is not just, this is more than just, no. We don't really associate anymore. This is like, no, I cut off association for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that stunning statement comes out on Friday and leaves the internet in a whirl, to mm -hmm. say the least. One of the um, biggest criticisms that was going around was, first of all, why would the church make a statement to Vice News? And it is not on the church's newsroom site. So it cannot be true mm -hmm. because they would never speak to Vice News and they would never, it's not on their newsroom site. Well, let's debunk that right now. People, that's <laughs> not how this game works. There are two different things that I think are getting conflated here. Mm -hmm. There are statements and press releases. Press releases go on the church church's newsroom site. And those press releases, they put them out there. Any media can pick them up, run right. with it, do whatever they want. That's like this temple is opening. Exactly. Conferences in two weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A statement is different because a statement is what they make in response to somebody who's inquiring with regards to perhaps some particular article that they are writing. If the church put every single statement that they made in response to an article somebody was writing on the newsroom site, we'd never be able to dig through the newsroom site. Mm -hmm. And so it is not unusual for this not to be on the newsroom site. So the other thing that happened when people started questioning this is a lot of the local media in Utah started reaching out to the, to the church saying, did you really issue this statement? And what they received back was a copy of the statement. Right. And that statement was sent by a, men, a gentleman by the name of Doug Armstrong. And he is in media relations for the church. And it was sent from his church email. And these media organizations said, look, we've received lots of statements from him at this email. Right. And we received this one. So we don't have any reason to believe that this isn't a... <laughs> this is the guy. This is the guy. <laughs> this is the statement that they made for whatever reason. 
So um, anyway, so that's, that is how that statement all came about. The other thing, too, that I thought was interesting is if the church had not issued this statement, you better believe they would have been Johnny on the spot in boom, retracting. Well, not retracting, not retracting. but doing a press release that yeah. was issued in the newsroom that said, there is this statement going around that's been attributed to us. Oh, no, 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 no. Not for two seconds are they going to let any statement about anything that didn't come from them sit out there. Exactly. Doesn't matter what it's about. (laughs) Especially a statement involving the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Yeah. They're they're not going to allow a false statement to stand. The other interesting thing that happened last weekend, too, after this statement dropped in the Vice News article, was the church went and scrubbed their website from references and podcasts, podcasts, interviews with him. Related to Tim Ballard. So again, if you didn't put out this statement, so why are you scrubbing? Um, you know, just leaves one to pause. Right. Well, and I think um, one of the favorite articles that I read this week that mm-hmm. broke it down so well was on the Fair Mormon yes. website. Fair they, Mormon did a great job. They did a great Q&A on all of these things. And one of the questions that they answered was, well, what about this statement? Isn't this weird for the church to make a public statement about a person? Like it's not, doesn't happen very often, right? That like a normal member of the church gets a statement, but it does happen. And we've had it happen in the past. And they actually broke down um, several like high profile cases where we've seen this one is Julie Rowe, um, who was writing books on like the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And they had released statements on her at the time saying, this is not official, you know, church because the media had asked them. Well, and what was interesting with the Julie Rowe statement, that did not go on the newsroom site. That statement that they released was in response to a media inquiry, Mm -hmm. just like the vice media inquiry. They have also done this for John DeLynn. Um, Again, separating themselves from John DeLynn and also discussing his, excommunication. There were questions about that. They've done this with our favorite Ammon Bundy. Our Lifetime Achievement (laughs) Award winner for Mormons Behaving Badly. Again, when the media asks him, they have to be like, well, no, he's actually not. We're not. Yeah. We're not friends. (laughs) And they did it for Sam Young as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say about John DeLynn, Ammon Bundy, and Sam Young, all of those statements did end up on the church newsroom. But one of the reasons those statements ended up on the church newsroom is they begin the statement. Well, first of all, with John DeLynn, they say, we want to correct the public record. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of misinformation going on. And so they just wanted to correct it. Again, goes to our our argument of if the Ballard statement wasn't correct, the church would have corrected it. Mm -hmm. With regards to Ammon Bundy and Sam Young, they say in those statements, Uh, We have received multiple media inquiries for a statement on this. So we are putting out a blanket statement on the Mm -hmm. church newsroom site that covers this. On the Ballard thing, before Vice released their story, they didn't have multiple media inquiries. Mm -hmm. I believe the multiple media inquiries came up a little bit later on. Right. In any event. So, yes, not a particularly unusual thing. Right. So. Friday is when the first Vice News story comes. Sunday, we finally get a statement from Tim Ballard. Now, Tim Ballard is on tour in Boston. He's doing a historical tour back there. He's leading a group of tour people. So he kind of does a little impromptu press conference where his tour people record him and he says, send this to the media. Mm -hmm. He says, first of all, nothing you hear is true. 
He said, second, don't believe the statement from the church. And he said, third, he had contacted his bishop and stake president and they knew nothing about this. So as far as he knows, he's in good standing with the church. So which let's digest that. Yes. First of all, I think your stake president and your bishop are only going to be involved if there's church discipline. Exactly. Which there was not church no. discipline. This was just uh, the church saying, hey, we're we're not. We're not part of this. Uh, we didn't actually, we're not actually promoting his organization. Exactly. <laughs> so no discipline. He's still in good standing with yes. the church. Yeah. Like he's not excommunicated. No. Like, as far as we know. Yeah. He's still a member in good standing. So there's no need for it to go through the bishop and the stake president. Also, he's such a public figure. Exactly. The bishop and the stake president don't have the ability to release a news release that will be, you know, this, exactly. this has got to go through Salt Lake. Exactly. They're the ones that are being asked because it has to do with President Ball Elder Ballard, President Ballard. So they're the ones that have to address it. Yes. So. Now, I did a little investigation into this because I, mm -hmm. I asked a couple of people because, again, I'm not involved in disciplinary councils. Mm -hmm. So I turned to two different people that I trust and I got two different answers. It was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to disclose who I turn to, but they are people who, first of all, have held significant leadership positions and mm -hmm. have an understanding of how the process works. So the first one that I talked to said, oh, absolutely, this would come through his stake president and was and was surprised that the church would do mm -hmm. this and not have it go through his stake president. The second one said, no way is this going through the stake president. They're not going to trust something this big to a local leader. Mm -hmm. Church is going to take care of that themselves. So two varying opinions on that. Well, I think it's so large scale. I could, yes. I could see if this was like Utah only and his organization was not mm -hmm. like nationwide or even worldwide. If it was a Utah only thing. Yes. And maybe he was saying this around Utah. I could see where maybe the state president could call him in and say, hey, stop making these claims. But once it's like nationwide and yeah. it involves Elder Ballard and it's yeah. with a national news organization, yeah. you got to bypass the state president because we you got to directly exactly. you've got to speak directly to the news organization exactly. that's asking the questions. Exactly, and then maybe you can go back to the Tim Ballard through the state president and be like, "Hey, could you please stop that?" Exactly. <laughs> So after Tim Ballard issues his statement, Glenn Beck, who happens to be a good friend of Tim Ballard, gets on the Twitter, or as it's known as the X these days, and he makes some very interesting statements on the Twitter. He says, this story just like everybody's involved. Now we, exactly. got, now we got some Glenn Beck. This is the most random thing. Exactly. Things my church never used to do effectively excommunicate members without giving them adequate notice or opportunity to respond to the accusations. Two, effectively excommunicate church members by means of public statements issued to news media by unnamed church spokesmen. Three, effectively excommunicate members through ambiguous but unquestionable damning statements casually provided to publications that hate the church, its members, and everything they stand for. I could go on and read the rest. I won't. You get the flavor of it. Glenn Beck did take that tweet down about two hours later, but I screenshotted it before it went away. That is so funny. So be careful. Think before you tweet or you're going to be removing it. Exactly. <laughs> so, so now we've gotten through Sunday. Let's move on to Monday. So 
Monday, Vice News drops another story. And Vice News's Monday story is a story on Ballard being separated from Underground Railroad due to sexual misconduct. Now, I want to explain something here. This story is not based on the FBI Davis County investigation. The FBI Davis County investigation did not focus on any sexual harassment issues or anything like that. So the information for this story did not come from that investigation. Which now this makes sense to me why they did a separate article. Yes. I mean, they did a new article every day of the week. So clearly they're breaking this down. But it makes sense to completely keep this separate. Different source. Yes. Different subject. So we knew or had heard in June, about two weeks before The Sound Mm -hmm. of Freedom dropped, the movie opened, that Tim Ballard had been separated from OUR. And there was, it was just quiet. Mm -hmm. All we knew is they'd been separated. Nobody was talking. Right. Well, now we know nobody was talking because everybody signed non-disclosure agreements Mm -hmm. to not discuss the circumstances behind his separation. So what ended up happening was there was an anonymous letter that was being circulated through the philanthropic community in Utah that outlined all of these sexual allegations against Tim Ballard saying the, this is why he was separated from, Mm -hmm. from OUR. Allegedly what occurred was he was on one of his jumps or one of his missions and an employee of OUR came back, complained to the HR department about what she felt was some inappropriate behavior by Tim Ballard. Mm -hmm. An investigation ensued as they conducted that investigation, as is very common, more and more people came forward making similar allegations. I think they said maybe seven women. Up to seven women mm-hmm. that were OUR employees. That doesn't include the volunteers and things like that. The allegations were, you know, how far are you willing to go to save kids? Will you share a bed with me? Will you shower? Uh, we need to make it look like we're married. I didn't see anything to say that those activities actually happened only that there was discussion that this might need to to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was supposedly a picture of him in his underwear that was sent to somebody. Um, Anyway, this to me is more problematic Mm -hmm. than the the stuff related to the investigation. And And it's problematic for a number of reasons. You do have this anonymous letter going around, mm-hmm. uh, making it kind of somewhat difficult to verify. Um, but at the same time, and and, and I definitely want to say mm-hmm. false allegations happen. That There is no doubt that false allegations happen. But to have seven people make kind of similar and the same false allegation. Yeah. And again, these are people who are employed by OUR. These aren't mm-hmm. outside people. These are inside people. So I don't know really where I land on all of that other than it just feels icky. I know it's, it's a tough one and it's, you know, it's hard because it's anonymous, but it has to be anonymous if they've all signed NDAs. NDAs. Also, they probably want it to be anonymous. If this really did happen and you're coming out and saying it, I mean, we've seen how people are coming for anybody who's attacking him. Mm-hmm. Like he has very loyal followers. Exactly. I mean, if it were me, I would not want my name you associated know. with it at all. Because you could have some serious concerns for your personal safety. Yeah. And just your mental health. And so it's, you know, it's it's gonna have to be anonymous. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's oh, it's not good. 
Exactly. So then what happens is there's a statement in the article from OUR. And the statement from OUR says, you know, we denounce any sexual abuse were committed, et cetera. They say to preserve the integrity of its investigation and to protect the privacy of all persons involved, OUR will not make any further public comment at this time. Interesting. They're not admitting it, but right. they're not denying it. But they it. also say that they've retained an independent yes. law firm to investigate. To conduct a comprehensive mm-hmm. investigation of all relevant allegations. Which is good. So, which is good. They, they need you. So, <laughs> so. That, that is their statement. And then mm-hmm. later that day on Monday, Tim Ballard releases another statement. This is written. Mm-hmm. Now, when he left OUR, he started this thing called the Spear Fund. And the Spear Fund is does identically what OUR had has mm-hmm. been doing. It's his new organization. Again, it, it leaves me scratching my head. If you've mm-hmm. built up this really successful organization for 10 years, why are you leaving to go start a new one? Mm-hmm. Clearly, somewhere along the line, there are some issues. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, so he starts out and he says, first of all, he starts out in this statement that he releases to the Spear Fund, starts by addressing the statement from the church. Okay, we lost connection for a second, but I think we're back now. I think we're back. <laughs> he starts by by uh, saying a statement from the church and he said, um, bad actors were attempting to destroy his good name and defame his characters. And he expressed a doubt that the church's statement was authentic, but commented in any event, nothing will change my core beliefs. If someone within the church did release this statement, I'm absolutely confident the right people will step in and ensure that proper due process is followed as the rules of our church dictate. So that's one of the things he says about that. Mm-hmm. And then he says, As with all of the assaults on my character and integrity over many years, the latest tabloid-driven sexual allegations are false. They are baseless inventions designed to destroy me and the movement we have built to end trafficking and exploitation of vulnerable children. He said, during my time at OUR, I designated, I designed strict guidelines for myself and our operators in the field. Sexual contact was prohibited. I led by example, given our meticulous attention to this issue, any suggestion of inappropriate sexual contact is categorically false. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting about this. You could sexually harass someone with statements that you make and not have sexual content, mm-hmm. contact. So he's denying sexual contact. Well, and none of the original allegations were actual sexual contact. Exactly. They were that he was making statements. He was trying to coerce them. There was Mm -hmm. nothing that said anything was followed through on this. Mm -hmm. So just my lawyerly wordsmithing of this goes, Mm -hmm. well, Mr. Ballard, yes, maybe you didn't engage in sexual contact, but that's really not what the allegations were. Right. So um, anyway, take that for what it's worth. All right. Let's move on to the next day. Tuesday. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. so much more. (laughs) Tuesday, there was a Vice article on an associate by the name of Paul Hutchinson and what happened on one of the raids he went on. We are not going to delve into that now because that doesn't specifically relate to Tim Ballard. But... For our Patreon extra content, we are going to go into the Paul Hutchinson story. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the Paul Hutchinson story, become a Patreon member. Okay, now we're to Wednesday. On Wednesday, 
Vice dumps yet another article on Janet Russon. Now, Janet Russon is the psychic that OUR was using. And again, now we are back to the statements that were made to the FBI and to Davis County investigators, along with video that the FBI and Davis County investigators reviewed. Right. Because the psychic came up in that investigation. The psychic came up in that investigation. And so the psychic went out on this mission in February 2016 to find this young boy named Gardy, Gardy Marty. And he was a missing little Haitian boy. And this was the case that apparently led to the founding of OUR. And so joining him on this team, joining Tim Ballard on this team was Janet Russon. She's a psychic medium from Utah. And supposedly her visions were guiding this mission. In video that was reviewed by the FBI agent and the Davis County investigator, uh, they captured Renson talking with Gardy's father, saying that she assured him his son was nearby and that without her visions, he would never be found. She is quoted as saying, no way, you would not have found this place, no way. They never did find Gardy in this place. But again, there's statements from, from Russen where she is saying, uh, let's see, she is saying, Uh, As they drove, Russin began to cry, according to the summary of the audio written by the investigator. Your mom is loud. Your mom is clear, Russin told the father, implying that the woman's departed spirit was guiding her. Russin subsequently claimed she was hearing a reading from uh, the father's mother and sister, both of which who were apparently deceased. And so... She was doing these readings. This is how they were obtaining their intel as to where kids were. The investigation turned up 10,000 pages of notes on Janet Russon's readings. The other thing that is very interesting. It, oh, it just feels so icky to it me. It does feel so icky. It's just I know they're trying to do good. I know their intentions are good, but the thought of like this parent who is just in hell over a missing child being kind of led on by this psychic saying yes. your mother is near their lead just like the false hope because exactly. they never did find him. They never did find him. Um that just gives me yeah. super creepy heebie-jeebies. <laughs> and these people that spoke to the investigators told the investigators that these psychic visions were a key part of OUR. And what's really interesting is Troy Rollins, the elected district attorney for Davis Davis County, sent an email, including to Sean Reyes and among others, saying that um, that uh, they had collected 10,000 pages of Russin's so-called readings. They indicated in more detail exactly who Russin was reaching out to in the great beyond, a deceased Mormon prophet. Uh, particularly a Mormon prophet from 600 BC named Nephi to get intel where Grady Marty in particular was, but also with respect to a slew of other things. Mm. And I have to say, Tony Rollins, he is, he is LDS. At least he served a mission. Mm-hmm. So he, he presumably doesn't have an ax to grind with the right. church. Right. So anyway, so that was Wednesday's offering. That was wild. Then on Wednesday, President Ballard gets on the Twitter and tweets. Uh, when President Ballard gets on the Twitter and tweets, he tweets a very churchy tweet. Nothing to do with this. Nothing to do with this. Just he's, his typical general authority tweet. Exactly. Tweet Something of about the day or Jesus, the week. Jesus and repentance. Uh-huh. So 
Then people get on President Ballard's Twitter and start responding to President Ballard all about Tim Ballard. <laughs> people, I can't make this stuff up. I really can't. This is crazy. Poor um, President Ballard. He's just trying to do some tweets. And now uh, people are coming for I'm, him. I'm going to. I haven't read any. Of these I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the best one. You told me about him, but okay. I did not partake. What What did they say? This is the best one. I don't know who this is, but it says Zesterman is a true friend of the Savior. Wouldn't treat his other friends like Russell treated Tim. Russell is not the one. Russell is the one not being a true Christian here. Don't try and tw- twist what is really going on here. He owes Tim a public apology and general conference at the very least. Oh my. Yeah, <laughs> we won't go down that rabbit hole any further. So there were more similar to that. There were more similar to that. Also on Wednesday. It was a busy day, Wednesday. <laughs> Tim Ballard releases another video statement. In this video statement, he is wearing a t-shirt with a picture of Abraham Lincoln on it. He is in Washington, D.C., and he is standing in front of the Lincoln Cottage. And he says, I am standing here in front of the Lincoln Cottage where X number of years ago, President Lincoln wrestled in the summer of 1862 with writing the Emancipation Proclamation and and people were making up lies about him and the pressure he was facing. And I understand what Abraham Lincoln was feeling. He basically equated himself to Lincoln and what he's going through. I'm under pressure too. Then he proceeded to verbally read the statement he released on the Spear Fund. That's not a great look. <laughs> not a great look. Anyway, finally, I'm going to wrap this up. We will get on to some other stories here. Tell you the layers of this story. There's so many layers. There's so many layers. The whiteboard. Have you heard about the whiteboard? Oh, I saw the whiteboard. Would you like to tell our listeners what the whiteboard is? The whiteboard. I thought the whiteboard was like seal the deal. This is one of the most problematic things of this whole story. And the whiteboard came from the investigation that the FBI and the Davis County uh, Prosecutor's Office. Someone had taken a picture of a whiteboard from an OUR meeting. um, And on the whiteboard, there were arrows and words and drawings and boxes, but it was basically a business plan. It was a business plan. Um, And like his vision, like long-term vision. And he wanted to monetize for profit his name and what OUR was doing and how he was going to do that. He, OUR was going to remain a nonprofit company, but there were going to be for-profit mm-hmm. companies and they were all going to funnel back and forth. And at the very top of the board is a for-profit company called um, Slave Stealers, I believe. Uh-huh. And there were three people on there. I can't remember who the first one was. The second one said Tim Ballard. And underneath that, it said M. Russell Ballard. Mm-hmm. But in parentheses, it said silence. Right. And then it had the words, take the sizzle or what, what was the sizzle? Uh, got to find the quote. Yeah. Something about this, something about the sizzle, take the sizzle and exploit it or something, something like that. Something about the sizzle that they've got around the, these rescues, the rescues and convert it to bringing people to the covenant. Yes. So the, like the end game plan is we're going to take this we're gonna fire take- and we're going to bring people to God. Exactly. Bring people to the LDS church. Exactly. I don't know. It's not good. Yeah. And I could go in. I and it's a picture. So it's it's just so interesting to see the photo because you can hear someone say, oh, this was his long-term plan. And you can say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a bitter ex-employee. But when you actually see a picture of the whiteboard that they had in the investigation, it's like, oh, this really was discussed in a meeting. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. It's a lot of information. That is where we're at one week later. I mean, in Ballard versus Ballard. My recommendation is it to read the fair. Fair Mormon News article that has a great summary. If you feel like you need more, maybe this was enough for you. Maybe this was too much for you. (laughs) This could be entirely too much for almost everyone. I know I've, like I said, my head is about to explode with it all. I just, the whole thing's really interesting. Um, It's going to be interesting to see it develop. We didn't even mention the Senate race. Oh, yeah. He's considering running, rumor is, he's uh, Tim Ballard is considering running for Romney's open Senate seat. And the rumor is he was going to announce or is planning to announce on 1010. We don't particularly understand what the significance of why he's going to announce Mm -hmm. on October 10th, but that's what the rumor is. So there's a lot of um, his, you know, loyal loyal followers of him that are then saying, well, this is a political conspiracy right before he's about to announce he's going to run. Um, it's just a real mashup of faith and politics. And it's real messy. Yeah. Um, it's just the comments online are bananas. They're oh. all over the place. <laughs> I have to tell you one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I read a comment where somebody said that the reason the church issued the statement that they did was Uh Romney had infiltrated the brethren and Romney had convinced the brethren that he, they needed to issue a statement because Romney doesn't want Tim Ballard in his Senate seat. (laughs) Romney's pulling the puppet strings. Romney's pulling the puppet (laughs) strings. I don't know about that. I was laughing. I'm like, um, um, Romney has more money than all of us. (laughs) He's got exotic vacation homes in all sorts of locations and bunches of grandchildren. I'm pretty sure the only thing Mitt Romney wants to do is hang out at his exotic vacation homes, play with his grandchildren and spend his money. Right. I think he has peaced out and he's done. I think he's a smart guy. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is just really icky and it makes me sad because, I mean, here's an organization that I believe started with the intent to very do, good intentions to do so much good and there's a lot of question about whether they were using the right methods to do that good or not the right methods to do that good that i mean that's up to people's personal judgment yes on who they're yes. going to donate to and who they're going to get behind but i think um where this gets really tricky is per- this particular subject with sex trafficking and especially children mm-hmm. it's just such a heated sensitive topic that everybody feels very passionately about. And I think um, it's causing a lot of people to really come hard. Anybody that comes against him, some people are saying, Mm -hmm. well, you're just against. You support the pedophiles. Right. 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 And it's, that's not it. You can, you can have both. You can be against child trafficking and also, understand that there are flaws exactly in, in an organization there are lots of organizations they are not mutually exclusive right you can you can have it all <laughs> so and there are so many organizations that are doing good um like this isn't the only one yeah there's many that you can support and you can still be a supporter of ending child slavery and sex trafficking and maybe not supporter of this or you can support this but not support what Tim Ballard himself is doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's just very convoluted. And I also think in some of his statements, I feel a little bit like he hides behind that. 
Yeah. It's a bit of a shield for him. Exactly. Like, I'm trying to save the children. And people are coming after me yeah. for just trying to save the children because there are pedophiles everywhere in every layer of government and civic organizations and corporations. Right. So it's not, yeah, it doesn't have to be so polarizing. We, yeah. can, we can all want to save the children, yeah. but we can call out something when it's not working properly. When it doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah. So... so. Well, I'm quite positive we have not seen the end of this drama, and there will probably be more to come. It will be interesting to follow it. Mm-hmm. I hope that it does not come as fast and furious as it came for the last seven oh, days, yeah. because it's been a lot. It has been. Well, and it'll only be a couple of weeks before we get this supposed Senate announcement. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, believe it or not, there was other church news this week. There was. I really didn't see any of it. I was so distracted. Wasn't a lot. Well, first of all, a uh, big celebration yesterday, 200 years since uh, uh, Moroni came to visit Joseph Smith. David and I talked about that when we recorded. Mm-hmm. So you can catch my analysis of that when uh, the recording that I did with David drops. But in other news that broke, um, as you are aware, we have service missionaries. Mm-hmm. Service missionaries are an opportunity for someone who may not be successful in a proselytizing mission to be able to go out and serve a mission. And so the church has announced a change that young service missionaries can be integrated into teaching missions. So while you may be doing your service thing during the day, maybe at night you are going around with the proselyting elders Mm -hmm. and teaching. So that is a big change for the service missionaries. That will begin in January of 2024. That seems like the best of both worlds. It does. Now, this is a really cool one, but I'm pretty sure the tickets are already gone. So the orchestra at Temple Square does a fall concert. And this is the first concert that they have done since just the orchestra, not the choir, just Mm -hmm. the orchestra, uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic. And their concert is scheduled for Friday, October 27th at 7.30 p.m. in the Salt Lake Tabernacle on Temple Square. Now, here's the cool thing about this. If you get a ticket and you attend the concert, mm-hmm. that automatically gives you a ticket to the the hard-to-get Christmas concert. You get two? That doesn't seem fair. You get a twofer. <laughs> you go sit and listen to them in October. You automatically get a ticket to the Christmas concert. And as you know, getting tickets to the Christmas concert, like that's harder than getting a yes, Taylor Swift it ticket. Is. is this because they're not getting the turnout they want for their orchestra? That's kind of what I'm guessing. <laughs> but here's the here's the clincher. Not only do you have to show up to the concert, you have to stay the whole time because you oh, don't get the Christmas. They pass them out at the end. You, They pass them out oh, at the end. Smart. <laughs> they are smart. They're no dummies. They're no dummies. So you couldn't just show up at the end because, as you know, when they have empty seats, then they let other people come in. So, hmm. Hmm. yeah. Who can? Who do we know in Utah that we can con into going to this concert, but then giving us their Christmas concert? Exactly. <laughs> I don't think well, anybody loves us that much. The tickets, <laughs> the the tickets to the the October Orchestra at Temple Square concert were free and available September nineteenth at ten a.m. We're sitting at September twenty second right now. I'm pretty sure they're all gone, especially when you know that you get. The extra perk of the Christmas concert. That's some good motivation. That is some really good motivation. I wish I had seen this on September 19th. I might have decided I really like the orchestra at Temple Square and I want to go down that weekend. (laughs) 
All right. Then we have kind of a sad story. We have a full-time missionary from Washington. She was serving in the Philippines and she died. Her name was Sister Taylor Erin Ma. Uh, She was hospitalized um, following an illness and it's really undetermined what caused her death, but very sad. She was in the Philippines Angeles Mission and I have to say, I have a couple connections to that mission. The new mission president in that mm-hmm. mission are the Binghams. And they used to, well, they still technically have a house in my stake, but they are, they began serving their mission in July. And an older sister from my ward just received her missionary mission call. And she's going out there as a service missionary to help the Binghams. Oh, that's so, so sad. It is very sad. Our hearts go out to Sister Ma's family mm-hmm. because that's just tragic. Yeah. All right. As if we haven't had enough of Mormons behaving badly, I'm going down the rabbit hole. Like she said, it's been a week. It's been a week. They come in clusters. <laughs> they really have. They do. It's like my house problems. They they come in clusters. Exactly. So I have one new story and two updates. New story. Former deputy district attorney appears in court in child sexual assault case. Oh, I saw this one. This is awful. This is a gentleman by the name of David George McConkie. So I guess I don't have to tell you from the last name who he might be related to. Right. He is a grandson of Bruce R. This happened in Colorado. Mm -hmm. He is an attorney over there. He is also a former state president over there. Mm -hmm. He is charged with uh, one class three felony for sexual assaulting a child from 2004 to 2013. Oh, that's awful. So, yeah. Not good. All right. Let's move on. Let's go back to Utah. Let's go back to Ruby Frankie. She is our eight passengers van woman. Right. Who allegedly abused her children. And there were two stories that came out on her this week. Uh, first of all, there, there was a hearing for, um, for the custody of her children, her children, her minor children are currently in the custody of the department of, uh, child protection services and, um, her, and so they have to have a hearing to determine who is going to ultimately have custody of these kids. Mm -hmm. The father in this case wants to have custody of the kids, wants to prove to the court that he is a good parent. Also involved in this is their oldest daughter, who is an adult. I believe she's 20. Her name is Sherry Frankie. So this case isn't sealed yet. And the hearing that they had this week was whether or not to seal the case. Sealing the case could potentially kick Sherry Frankie out. But the dad says, no, you know, if you're going to seal it, let Sherry stay because, you know, she's involved here. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we have a connection to this case as well. Mm I, I've known this for a while. I didn't disclose it when we first covered this story, but we have a cousin who is a lawyer in Utah. His name is Jared Hales, and he actually represents Sherry Frankie. And so he called me this week and he said, do you have TikTok? And I said, yes. And he said, get on your TikTok right now. I'm viral. <laughs> so this Frankie story is a huge story on TikTok. The TikTokers mm. are going down the rabbit hole of Ruby Frankie. That's so interesting. And so I don't understand TikTok. Jared was exiting court with Sherry. And so there is video that has millions and millions of hits on TikTok of Jared exiting court, exiting the court with Sherry. So I, I gave him some pointers. I said, every time you go to court, you're going to be on TV. Here's what you did good. Here's what you did bad. See me for media relations. <laughs> so nothing was decided. Nothing was decided. They just decided... 
that the daughter can be involved. Well, they didn't they didn't decide yet. The mm-hmm. judge told the attorneys, everybody write me a brief because the attorney mm-hmm. for the children, the minor children says no, seal this. The okay. judge told all the attorneys, everybody's going to write me a brief on whether or not this should be open or closed and then I'll make a decision and he'll decide. The other And st- then we'll know if we get to see Jared on TikTok anymore. Exactly. <laughs> the other story that came out this week with involving Ruby Frankie is they released the um, warrant. Uh, that they used to, uh, when they arrested her. We we heard the story about the child getting free. Mm-hmm. Well, what is even more horrific oh, is this was awful. the victim informed the officers that Jody put ropes on his ankles and wrists, and then they used cayenne pepper and honey to dress his wounds and put oh. duct tape over that. This is horrific. This is so awful. It's it's worse. I mean, it, we knew it was bad, but it's just gets, it, it just gets worse and worse. I, when you don't think it can, mm-hmm. it does. Okay. My final Mormons behaving badly update. Do you remember Corey Richens? She's the Park City lady that offed her husband with a fentanyl laced oh, drink. Oh, and wrote the children's and book wrote about the children's grief. Book about yes, grief. remember that one. So is, we've had a wild year. Seriously. Mormons, get your act together. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. What's new with her? Here's what's new with her. She had some sort of medical episode. As a result of that medical episode, they had to search her cell. In the process of searching her cell, they find this six-page letter that she wrote to her mother, instructing her mother to go tell her brother how he is supposed to testify and what he is supposed to say uh, in court. Oh, man. That's called witness tampering. So they brought a charge of witness tampering against her. Now, her lawyer said, oh, no, no, no. She This wasn't a letter to him. Mm-hmm. She was actually working on a book. This is part of a novel that she's writing. <laughs> People, I cannot make And this is this your up. profession. This is my profession. <laughs> I know. I know. I should just go bury my head in the sand right now. All right. Should we move on to our favorite things? That was a doozy of an episode. It just really is a doozy of an episode. If you have stayed with us for the entire episode, <laughs> thank you. Because I don't know why you would. This has been nothing but just kind of a downer. A downer. But stay tuned for Wednesday when your sports episode when my comes sports out. Episode because I have a out. feeling that will be the yin to the yang of Exactly. This. It will be happiness and positivity and like it sports will be stories. It will be the yin to the yang. Okay. Inspiring sports stories. So tell your favorite thing because it goes along okay. completely with what we're I what just, we've talked about all night. For my favorite thing this week, I just decided to go all in and pick something that is like super on theme that I just coincidentally happened to be listening to in the weeks leading up to this whole shenanigan with with uh the Tim Ballard thing. Okay. Uh, this is a podcast our younger sister told us about a while ago, and it is called The Coco Berthman Story. So it is about a woman named Coco Berthman who is from Germany, and she actually um, claims at least to have been a survivor of child sex trafficking by her, her parents in Germany okay. growing up. It has major ties to Salt Lake City um, because she ended up in Salt Lake City when she came to America. Okay. And was telling this story. Anyway, it's this very convoluted story. There's a lot of Salt Lake City involved. There's a lot of church. She actually did end up getting baptized to be a member of the church. Mm -hmm. There's a Tim Ballard reference in one of the episodes. Tim Ballard's associate, Paul Hutchinson, he comes up several times. He's interviewed in this. They're entangled in her story. So basically what happened is 
people are unsure which parts of her story are true and which aren't true. So the reporter doing this podcast is trying to get to the bottom of it. Because she has clearly fabricated some things. Okay. But nobody knows if she's fabricated all some part. And I'm not done yet. Like, I think there's maybe one more episode I haven't listened to. But it's basically kind of like a, do we believe, do we not believe kind of a thing? And I don't think there's going to be a clear answer, which is often the case with victims and exactly. you, you want to believe them. So it's, it's, and it's not giving you answers. It's one of those annoying podcasts where I'm pretty sure by the end, I'm going to have to like, you're just going to have to yeah. like come up, come to your own conclusions. <laughs> You are so on brand tonight with our podcast. I just can't believe how on brand you are. As I, as I was reading these Tim Ballard articles, I was like, I know that name. That that Paul Hutchins guy, I just heard him in this podcast. <laughs> anyway, it's really interesting. And it really does. It's very thought provoking as to like, um, how, how do you believe? What do you believe? And like giving the benefit of the doubt and obviously a survivor of childhood trauma has issues. So, you know, yeah. Who's to say that like, she's not telling at least a partial truth. I don't know. Yes. It's, it's quite the convoluted story itself. Well, I'm going to have to put that on my playlist for walking because I'm in the mood right now. Also, while I'm here, I need to issue a public apology for my oh, oh yeah. <laughs> for my favorite thing I picked 1923. last month. 1923. I chose that as my favorite thing last month. And I did warn you that it was Emmy, but I was not finished with the season. And I will say the last two episodes of the season, which I watched after our last podcast, are the most MA of all the MA things I've ever watched. Oh, gosh. It was traumatizing. There was some fast forwarding. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Go ahead. Okay. Well, thank you for your <laughs> public apology. Okay. I am going to try and end this show tonight on somewhat of a high note, mm-hmm. since we've kind of been a little downers tonight. So... I texted you, I don't know, about a week ago, and mm-hmm. I said, I have a really fun idea for favorite things. We we obviously bring our favorite things, but I said, we ought to incorporate a new segment or a segment that we do every once in a while called, could this be our favorite thing? Right. And what I suggested to you is I said, let's bring some food item that is like a new food item, a food item we've never tried, and let's try it on the air and decide if it's our favorite thing. Yes. So... Here is my offering. And I sent you a picture of this. This is Ding Dongs times Twinkies. So it's like if Ding Dongs and Twinkies had a baby, this is what it would be. I think I'm on board with this. So it looks like a Ding Dong. It's the shape of a Ding Dong. It has the innards of a Twinkie and Mm -hmm. then it's covered in the chocolate that the Ding Dong is. This is a new offering from Hostess. And so I thought that you and I could try this on the air tonight. Yes. We could decide, is this a favorite thing or is this not is a favorite it or thing? Or is it not? All right, bust that out. Okay. So <laughs> I think it looks very promising. I think it does too. I, I think that this will kind of maybe be a new fun way to- I also failed to understand the assignment and did not bring a food item. <laughs> But you know what? That's okay because your podcast, again, was so on brand. It was on brand. Okay. So okay. there's that. So let's open them. It looks like a ding-dong. It does ding-dongs like- are chocolate inside, right? Ding-dongs are chocolate inside. Yeah, it's good. Mm, it is good. It's, it's like a good. chocolate-covered Twinkie. 
Do they make chocolate-covered Twinkies? You know, they used to. They were called mm. a chocodile. This is actually better than a chocodile because I always thought the chocodile, that the sponge cake inside felt mm. a little dry. This sponge cake is actually pretty moist. Yep. I'm, I'm this, kind this of is impressed. A this is a favorite thing. This is such a favorite thing. Five stars. Five stars. Okay. Recommend. <laughs> All right. Okay. We made it. We made it. I probably shouldn't have took, taken that bite before I closed out the show. Let me take a swig of the DC here. But we made it. And thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Um, we really appreciate it. And as always, you can find TWIM on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, X. And then, of course, if you have any comments about the show, you can reach out at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. And somebody will get back in touch with you. Um, we routinely get stuff forwarded to us where listeners have commented, and we really appreciate those comments. And as always, if you wish to support the show, you can become a Patreon subscriber. Donate a couple bucks a month. You'll get some extra content on Patreon, and we really appreciate that. And have a good night. <laughs>